0: Listeners to Dobrain Book Club. This is the third installment of Dobrain Book Club. Uh, second episode of the third installment of Dobrain Book Club. Is there a more confusing way I could say this? Uh, this is our second episode covering Joseph Dobrian's second novel, Ambitions. Ambitions, a novel by Joseph Dobrian. Uh, on the last episode, we talked about uh, we were sort of establishing the characters. Andy Palinkis is uh, the self insert. Character who's uh sort of narrating this sometimes in first person, sometimes in third person. Weird. Uh and he is writing about the disappearance of his ex neighbor, a seventeen year old girl named Christine Wainwright. Andy is sixty if I remember right. I believe he's forty three years older than his friend, Christine. But they were emailing privately without her parents' knowledge. So he's a suspect in her disappearance. Clearly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and i'm here tonight with uh stella and evan again they were on the first episode and they just couldn't wait to hear more about this book so they're back
1: yes literally
2: yeah um i'm sure we're feeling ambitious given how
0: many pages we have to cover <laughs> yeah uh so part two of this book it, it's conveniently separated into six parts uh part two is called melissa wainwright and connor Lowe, and it is 107 pages long so don't expect super in-depth uh coverage of every chapter here before i start actually covering the book i just wanted to um respond to some critics this this will be very brief um we got a YouTube comment on the preview clip of the first episode. I'm not going to name this guy cuz he's just some guy and I don't I don't want to encourage any sort of harassment or anything. But uh he commented <laughs> the absolute perfect example of the worst of the internet.
2: That's us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know if we're that bad. I've been on the internet for a while and I've <laughs> I've seen some shit so <laughs> I'm going to accept myself from that.
0: Yeah. Uh, right here, folks. Self-important people with nothing better to do than criticize someone else's work. I guess they think they're snarky. Do you
1: think? No, we are. We are snarky. We're
2: very snarky.
1: All right, so we do think that. Sounds like he's
2: kind of getting off on criticizing someone's hard work. Our hard work. Yeah,
1: let's (laughs) see (laughs) your (laughs) credentials, bud.
0: And to the five people that watch lit. And to the five people that watch this, but they're probably really cool, maybe proofread your critical comments, sir. Buddy, there's like
1: 50 people who might listen to this. (laughs) That's right.
0: Uh, But that's what you get with a bunch of overeducated in nothing
1: progs these days. (laughs) Hey, high school diploma. Rocking it. That's all all you really need. Yeah. I think
0: Stella and I are definitely overeducated in nothing.
2: Yeah, that's true. I'm I'm just bringing the
0: average down. Yeah. (laughs) Evan's an autodidact. Yeah. (laughs) We learned that in nothing grad school. That (laughs) (laughs) word. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I didn't want to name the guy, but I will say that I looked at his YouTube and he's in a band called Hard Barney. (laughs)
1: That's (laughs) actually pretty cool that much i will share with the listeners like hard barney (laughs) it's a pretty good name honestly (laughs) hard barney is good (laughs) (laughs) uh we also received
0: a a private message from the author
3: (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna
1: i was gonna ask if you wanted to bring that up or not
0: (laughs) (laughs) i kind of don't but it is funny i don't know um Mr. Dobre himself messaged our Facebook page, which is not very active other than just posting every time an episode comes out. And he said, "Hey, if you'd like to go beyond merely scoffing at my work, why not invite me to one of your podcasts?"
1: He would enjoy that way too much, so yes. we like absolutely have to <laughs> deny him. Yeah, even Sorry, reading Joe. this
0: message on air is <laughs> yeah, I I know I it's like already feeding him too much. Feeding him a little <laughs> bit too much. Yeah. Uh, i also I feel like we're doing a lot more than merely scoffing at the yeah. work i think i'm
1: we're pretty, actually uh, devoting more attention to your work than anyone has ever done other than yourself
0: <laughs> uh, and he's also said i'll answer any questions you have. I think I can promise not to
1: initiate deadly force that uh that got me really good <laughs> he's like <laughs> i i said I said he was like a a batman villain but more he's like a 60s batman like henchman <laughs> like <laughs> he's so threatening but he, he doesn't doesn't really come off that way he's just kind of a it's goofy, he's just a yeah. cad yeah
0: mm-hmm. anyway uh yeah it's because we're scared of you that's why we're not having you on joe <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you want to believe why not all right let's get into the book We're on chapter four. Melissa and Connor in high school. To make a long story short, uh, Melissa and Connor sort of ease into becoming a couple uh, more out of comfort and convenience than any strong feelings or attraction for each other. And their relationship fizzles as high school ends and they commit to separate colleges. So there's not that much else to say about this, but it does reveal a little bit about uh, Connor. Uh, Connor Lowe is... uh, so, uh, wait, Melissa is Christine Wainwright's older sister. She's the middle child. And then Connor is, uh, a- as we explore in these these chapters, she's a, a former, he's a former boyfriend of Melissa's. Uh, and this reveals a little bit about like what kind of guy he is and how he's going to end up later as we finish this section. Hmm. uh, So this is Connor at 13 when he starts paying more attention to girls. No girls seemed to hate him, but most of them weren't interested in talking to him. Just as they didn't talk to any but the coolest boys or the boys who were kind of girly themselves. <laughs> and then this is him talking. Uh, he's noticing Melissa as, as a teenage boy. Um, he thought she was pretty. Pretty enough that he would fantasize about kissing her or even taking it further somehow. He would practice kissing her. On his pillow at night.
3: <laughs> do you really
0: do that? Or is that yeah. just like a... Cliché. Practicing kissing on a pillow.
1: <laughs> I, I never did that. <laughs> but, uh... I wasn't too focused on kissing. Though I, I have kissed a girl. I did just post <laughs> that on Blue Sky. <laughs> Bragging. <laughs>
0: Alright, so they start hanging out together a little more. Because... Uh, you know obviously he was thinking about her when he kissed his pillow so there's something going on there outside uh, they they spent more time together like at school but outside of school they weren't spending much time together uh connor was still at an age where his guy friends would have considered him less than manly if he'd been spending inordinate amounts of time with a girl in preference to them so it's it's gay to have a girlfriend yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and then as their relationship develops a little more, um, Jim and Gail take a liking to Connor. That's Melissa's parents. Um, The ones who were so neglectful and let their young daughter fall into a creek.
3: Open up! Open up! Your daughter fell in the creek!
0: They really like Connor. Uh, This is um, kind of speculating on whether uh, Connor and Melissa had had sex in high school. So we're getting closer to graduation here. They're not 13 years old anymore. Okay, so... This is Jim and Gail initially. They never knew whether Connor and Melissa had, quote, crossed the line. And then this part comes across as the author himself speculating or the narrator, uh, Andy Palinkas slash Joseph Dobrian.
1: Yeah, fantasizing about teenagers' sex lives.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The most likely answer, till the end of their high school careers, would be third base. And that's capitalized. <laughs> capital T, capital T, B, uh, third base. Oh. oh, if you thought that was gross. <laughs> Manual genital contact.
1: Oh,
3: okay, I was going to say he could have described it. But oh, I guess we get both,
1: the metaphor and the description. Uh, pro-
0: <laughs> probably no orgasms and pretty certainly no oral.
3: Oh, Damn. My
1: God. <laughs> He's hating, dude. He's hating.
2: Yeah, that poor pillow. <laughs> uh,
1: another
0: phrase that comes later, desultory sexual touching. D-E-sultry? D-E-sultry. Yeah, de- D-E-sultry. de-sultry. Hmm. I guess I didn't look up the exact meaning of that.
1: Well, like we're not the... over-educated in, in the English language. <laughs> um, lacking a plan, purpose or enthusiasm. That sounds about okay. right. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty yeah. teenage sex stuff. <laughs> uh,
0: Connor, wouldn't you know it, he gets a job working for Andy Palinkas in his clothing store. Men's uh, suits store. Uh, And this is how he gets the job, because Andy asks him. He has enough people in sales, he needs more, like, back office stuff. Do you know computers, accounting, spreadsheet, all that shit? He's asking the high schooler. (laughs) You know how to use a computer, you little fucker?
2: (laughs) (laughs) What about manual genital stimulation? You know anything about that?
0: (laughs) Is your sexual touching uh, sultry or desultry? (laughs) You had any orgasms, little little man? Oh <laughs> god! <laughs> All right, and yeah, then they find out they're uh, interested in different colleges, and so they the the end is near. <laughs> uh, this is even worse—the desultory sexual touching. Uh, they went to the senior prom together because neither could have imagined going with anyone else for the sake of a good story. Let's stipulate that it was that night on Connor's parents' living room floor when Melissa finally gave it up, quickly and furtively. Whoa! What the fuck, dude? (laughs) To oblige Connor more than anything, to honor a sincere request from a dear friend who she knew wanted this thing more than just about any other thing in the world. And this is
2: the thing. Speculation.
0: (laughs) This is this is Andy Palinkas, the sixty-year-old man. Writing about the disappearance of this girl's sister who needs to go this far in his speculation of the teenager's sex lives. <laughs> it was probably a disappointment to both of them. Oh, yeah. Especially it was probably for just Connor. P- it was a pity thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who must have wondered why Melissa seemed to be allowing it rather than enthusiastically getting into it.
2: Oh, my God. Whoa. <laughs> That's okay. so awful. Yeah, yeah. She gave yeah. it up. Like... <laughs> mm-hmm sex is something that uh men take from women that women do not want to do (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm. yeah and
0: the and the men as it's happening they can tell that the the women are not actually into it but you take what you can get
2: oh my god
0: (laughs) Uh, maybe he sensed as he was doing it that this was not likely to be offered to him again at least not for a long time
1: offered Yeah, on a silver platter, assumedly.
0: (laughs) Uh, As for Melissa, she might have been impressed and rather touched by Connor's emotional investment in the act, but it had hurt like crazy. She recalled that it felt like she was being
1: torn apart. Going? (laughs) Why is he still going? How long? What the? How many paragraphs is this? Three.
2: That's a Mm -hmm. you know. I feel like you read that sometimes in fiction. I mean, I'm not saying that, like, plenty of people, I'm sure, when they have sex, especially the first time, it might be uncomfortable or painful. But I feel like that's featured in fiction quite a lot, where, like, someone's first time, like, they bleed a lot, or it's, like, extremely painful. Or I mean, I, I think coming from Joseph Dobrian, there's, like, this very fetishized deflowering Mm -hmm. happening where it has to be like obviously very painful for her (laughs) yeah Yeah. because she's you know not a willing active participant
1: (laughs) like this stuff wouldn't be that i mean it'd still be gross but like if it was like a coming of age teen novel written from the perspective of one of the participants it'd be like yeah okay but then like from this 60 <laughs> year old self insert <laughs> joseph dobri in character does not yeah it's fucking gross
0: yeah it's explicitly an old man uh speculating about what may have happened and going that far into detail okay chapter 5 melissa and connor in college uh connor stays in state city to study mm. accounting and melissa goes to a college in minnesota uh uh, Devaney College in North Star, Minnesota. That's mm. not real, I don't think. Not but that I, I know, know of. What, I don't know what it's a reference to. Um, and she's studying English. She gets into a serious relationship with a guy named Gary, who cheats on her. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. Uh, and then, after she finishes her degree, she gets a teaching job in Detroit. Uh, Connor spends most of his college years pining after Melissa and, uh, dwelling on the past, sort of regretting Letting her slip away, um, and then right at the end of the chapter, he gets invited to a tango class. Wow. <laughs> uh, here, here's a uh, Connor and how he dealt with women as a a college boy. Whenever he was quote seeing someone, he had to admit to himself that he was only with her because it was expected of him. A guy should have a girl, at least one. He had to take whatever was available, whichever girls had any interest in him. So this guy sucks. I mean, th- this whole <laughs> section is just uh, really driving home how much Connor sucks.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And not, that's not just my interpretation. Like, that's definitely what's intended by the author. Yeah, that's by what I was going to ask. <laughs> by the time we get to the end of this, like, it's, it's very clear. This is great. Uh, there's some emails between Connor and Melissa. The emails are the most dramatic part of this whole book. I love, I love reading emails between characters. Yeah. Uh, Connor asks Melissa, um, are you mad at me? It's a good thing to email
1: your ex about. (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely an email conversation.
3: (laughs) Do
2: you think Dobrian disapproves of Connor because he sees women as, like, things to possess? Or, like, is this someone that... um, Dobrian knew in college who he's mad at because he seemed to effortlessly have girlfriends
0: <laughs> hmm. it's, it's hard question. to say we, we may uh, as I continue telling you about Connor we may get closer to an answer on mm, the okay. inspiration um, here's something Andy uh, Palinkas writes about Melissa uh, we don't need much context here but he says uh, Melissa interests me perversely because she's so passive <laughs>
2: uh <laughs> that's like the scene in um succession where um roman roy is having sex or trying to have sex with his girlfriend and he tells her that he wants like he has like necrophilic tendencies or something Ooh. and he gets he's like can you be more dead <laughs>
3: like oh. don't get wet <laughs> oh, <wow. No. laughs>
0: i have not watched that show but yeah Oh, this is this was not in a sexual context. It's more about how um she just sort of uh drifts through life, like uh things happen to her, she she gets jobs wherever they end up, whatever. Um but I mentioned that she dated a, a guy named Gary. Here's a physical description of Gary. His face was apple shaped and apple cheeked.
2: <laughs> He's an apple.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, uh round, right? <laughs> He was very delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Apples on apples.
2: Granny Smith looking
3: motherfucker.
2: (laughs) Maybe um, he means he had like a big sticker on the side of his face. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Uh, So Gary and Melissa moved in together for a little bit. And then uh, she starts to get the inkling that, that Gary's interested in someone else spending time with another woman she like follows him and sees him go up into uh his professor's apartment Ooh, yeah and yeah so she she catches him uh having cheating on her with with his professor and they both know that like their relationship's over but they still live in the same apartment for a little bit
2: and that professor's name professor (laughs) baloo
0: (laughs) no it's not roger it's it is a a woman let's see uh i forget the name's in here somewhere oh professor rooney that's like the pedophile uh principal from ferris bueller right principal rooney
2: yeah
0: (laughs) uh he couldn't have stayed with the professor devaney college frowns on faculty who openly romance their students
1: that's probably a good policy to have that's that's
0: unique among uh (laughs) yeah colleges yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, this is melissa reflecting on the situation here she was dumped for a woman more sophisticated probably more intelligent and overall simply better than she i don't think a professor who fucks her student is <laughs> yeah, probably
3: be- yeah. better than
0: you but
1: <laughs> yeah I, I mean that those kind of relationships don't usually uh last for very long
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right so melissa's heartbroken over this uh she ends up taking a job in detroit as i mentioned Uh, gail melissa's mother reacted by crying oh my god detroit oh please don't take that job god knows what would happen to you there so the Uh. the lib facade is cracking gail is obviously racist
2: she hates motown music
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this is melissa talking to a friend of hers liz prohaska about the detroit thing for one thing i'm curious to find out whether i'm a racist I don't think oh I am, God. but I've wondered if I might be. <laughs> For another, uh, mom is kind of a snob, even if she isn't racist. And I don't want to disappoint her, but I don't want to end up like her either. So how do you... I can, has she ever even seen a black person? Yeah. <laughs> it's so so weird. I don't know if I'm racist. Time to find out. <laughs>
1: you have to ask. <laughs> you, probably, you probably already know the answer.
0: Yeah, you sure probably work on it. Um, all right, it's a school in Detroit called Amos Fortune High School. Is that a name that rings any bells, Amos Fortune?
3: Ah, uh, well,
1: that's, yeah, pretty pretty good pun, I guess. <laughs> I looked him up. Uh, Amos
0: Fortune was an enslaved man in uh, oh, New okay. Hampshire. It's not who, a pun. Yeah, he bought <laughs> his own freedom, and uh, oh. I did not find any schools in real life named after Amos Fortune, so. He came up with this idea on his own. It's described here. Amos fortune was the school of last resort for incorrigibles. The last stop before prison or a way station between periods of institutionalization. So I think we can trust this author to handle that
3: subject well, right? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yikes. What a fucking choice to name. (laughs) (laughs) Name the school after a black man who was able to escape slavery very cool thank you joseph (laughs) dovrian
0: yeah there's a lot to be said there like um the the progress of of black people in america since the time of amos fortune uh and and he's using that name for a school where he's going to portray what in fiction uh this is like an inner city difficult school and it's a white teacher from iowa parachuting in to figure out if she's racist or not (laughs) Um. Yeah. Then Connor gets invited to the uh, the tango club by a fellow student uh, named Lashonda. Let's go to the next chapter. Chapter six. Connor and Tanya Kukoshe. She has an interesting last name. C U C O S H A A. Tanya Kukoshe. And that's how she yeah. says it's pronounced in the book. Kukoshe. In this chapter, Connor meets Tanya at the tango class, and he takes her to dinner afterwards where she tells him her whole life story. <laughs> uh, Tanya is working on an MA in music at State University. Remember where this book was found? at The uh, University Music Library. Uh, Connor and Tanya continue to see each other, and Connor ends up asking Tanya to marry him a few months after they meet at the tango class, uh, seemingly out of fear of losing another woman, like he did with Melissa.
2: Did I ever tell you guys about um, the tango class I took?
0: I don't think no, so. I don't think so. Yeah, Did you meet the... a man named Connor?
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. <Or> you slipped <laughs> off your feet.
2: The um, I was so stiff. The instructor and then all the other students started calling me Shakira because I couldn't move my hips right. <laughs> up <in> here tonight. <laughs>
0: your Dang. hips were lying. They it was were an ironic nickname. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Here's some physical descriptions of Tanya Kukoshe. The tango woman, her nose was slightly aggressive, her cheekbones <laughs> stood out to an almost surreal degree <laughs> i i don't I can't picture that I don't know what that
2: means an <laughs> <Yeah, that> aggressive <laughs> nose <laughs> it was I think, I think Joe's dissing her right. i
1: think he's I think he's dissing her i think I think he's implying that connor is is settling for a woman with a very aggressive nose. <laughs> Yeah,
0: she's pointy and stretched out like a melting clock. Uh, Here's a a less, this one's a a little bit of a worse physical description, describing her eyes. (laughs) They were somewhat slanted, oriental looking. Okay. This was published in 2014.
2: (laughs) Did Joe read that passage at Prairie Lights?
0: (laughs) No, he didn't get this far. (laughs) Mm. Uh, she also has an enormous mouth <laughs> In my notes here I wrote Frank Zappa song Charlie's enormous mouth So if you're a Zappa fan Just listen to that
3: well, right. oh,
0: We've got a problematic age gap here Tanya is 28, Connor's 22 At the time of their meeting
1: oh that's is that problematic
2: that, oh that's so problematic is it problematic because she's Is, the woman yeah. is older
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> uh she's from indianola i just oh. want to note that that's a real place in real that's life. that's
1: a real place yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i've been there
1: they got a they got a college there
0: <laughs> right yeah yeah it describes a little bit about tanya's uh childhood here uh the only thing that's really funny i thought was Tanya tended not to involve herself in the politics of childhood. <laughs> <It's an odd laughs> <What>? statement. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> he didn't expound on that one?
0: Uh I think it's just he's kind of calling her like stuck up. Like she's she's uh acting like an adult as a child. Like she's mm. she's not involving herself in the childish games and the fights and whatever. Mm-hmm. I see. Uh, she also uh, initially went to school for dance, but she is now uh, in graduate school as a singer.
3: Hmm.
0: <laughs> and as Tanya is telling all this to Connor, Connor had no idea what Tanya was talking about, but he knew guys were supposed to be good listeners if they wanted girls to like them. <laughs> uh, she also ended up in a relationship with one of her dance teachers, Peter Bonn. So there's a lot of that going on in these books.
1: So it's a love triangle between... No, this is like in her
0: distant past. Oh, okay. There is a love triangle, but it's Connor, Tanya, and Melissa, because he's never quite gets over that high school relationship. I see. Uh, This is Tanya here. I realized finally that I had to be a musician. I had to make my career in music one way or another, or I'd never forgive myself. Similar motivation for this book's existence.
1: True artists. Mm Mm-hmm. I,
2: for one, would like to hear more about her enormous, aggressive orifices.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get a lot of her yelling later, so she'll be using that enormous mouth and aggression.
2: <laughs> what does that enormous mouth do? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Here's some more of Connor just being a dipshit. Connor felt in awe of Tanya as though he suspected that she regarded sleeping with him as more of a thing to do for recreation than the result of any real feelings for him. (laughs) And then um, Connor couldn't tell a good voice from a bad one, but Tanya's voice reminded him that she was there.
1: (laughs) Wouldn't any voice do that? Man. I'm starting starting (laughs) to feel bad for Connor. (laughs) He's... (laughs) Yeah,
0: something's wrong with him.
2: <laughs> Truly.
0: <laughs> uh, Connor was impressed with the magnitude of Tanya's ambitions.
1: Uh, oh, my God. I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> Enormous. <laughs> I you're, yeah, I thought you were going talk about more <laughs> surreal body parts.
0: Uh, no, no. This is how Tanya feels about having children. Hell no. People who have nothing better to do can have kids, or people who don't think they're worth anything till they've had one. Cleaning up baby shit isn't my idea of fun. This is basically uh Joe wrote basically the same thing about his own feelings back in uh an essay in Seldom Right but Never in Doubt for anyone yeah. who remembers that he's
2: never cleaned up baby shit though we can be no confident <laughs> in that
0: hmm and then Connor thinks to himself that he wants a family, so there's an obvious conflict there, as I mentioned, they do get married shortly after this, so planting the seeds let's see Connor is still friends with a couple uh, couple people from high school Brett Norton and Beverly Ricci that's not super important yet but just remember them Brett and Beverly and Brett kind of convinces Connor to ask Tanya to marry him Connor worried about whom Tanya might meet if he left her alone for a few days (laughs) Uh, and then like she's talking about uh, advancing her music career and he's like Can't you just do your DMA here? He's like trying to tie her down in State City. Again, planting more seeds. She knew Connor wasn't a loser. She knew he might be going places career-wise, and we can't pretend that that isn't attractive to a woman. Women are attracted (laughs) to men who look like they've got something going on. Stella is the resident woman. Um,
1: (laughs) You're into accounting majors, Stella?
2: (laughs) I don't think I've ever dated an accounting major. No, uh, in fact, I'm sure that there was a period in my life where I was most attracted to people who looked like they had the least amount going on. <laughs>
0: Chapter seven, Melissa and Leander Washington. So Melissa basically hates this job she got in Detroit and she starts to feel attraction to another teacher. That's Leander Washington. Leander is a black conservative And he's married. Mm. There's a lot of weird racist stuff in this chapter. (laughs) Oh, God. At a New Year's Eve party back in State City, Melissa and Connor uh, catch up, and they go for a drive for several hours. Tanya finds out about this, and she's not happy. Um, Then Melissa goes back to Detroit after winter break is over, and she finds out that Leander got divorced over Christmas.
1: (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> her lucky break.
2: <laughs> what did you get yeah. for Christmas? Oh, I got divorced.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this school, one of her students is a hulking young man of about nineteen. This is our first impression of Amos Fortune High School. This is the inner city school in the uh, mind of.
2: Yeah, I've, we've seen the wire.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> So the hulking young man of nineteen stands up and is is about to leave the classroom without asking permission or anything. Uh, Melissa asks, "Where are you going?" He says, "My parole officer."
3: <gasps> Shocking,
0: <laughs> children who have committed crimes.
1: Parole officer it means they've been to prison, <laughs> right? Not probation. <laughs>
0: uh, and then he sets this this thing up where you know Melissa is maybe fantasizing about being that like that one teacher who gets it and is like going to turn the lives of these poor children around. He compares this to the movies up the down staircase to sir with love or Conrack. This is, um, I forget what year it is exactly in the book, but like two thousands and those movies came out in respectively. 1967, (laughs) 1967 1974. So these are the reference points for Melissa Wayne, right? right. Or maybe it's the reference points for Andy Palinkas since he's writing this. And that does I guess that
3: would that make makes sense. a lot more sense, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: you seen any of those movies? Nope. <laughs> yeah. You know. Me neither. Uh To Sir with Love is Sidney Poitier though. He he was a great yeah. actor. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh,
2: themes or the song for that is uh pretty famous. I'm trying oh. to remember who's saying that.
0: Conrak was John Voigt. Less impressive. <laughs> yeah. Oh.
1: <laughs> he's, he's gone downhill a lot.
2: Angelina Jolie's dad. Um right. yeah, <laughs> the the song, the theme song from the movie uh was sung by someone named Lulu. For some reason I thought it was someone more famous, but hmm. insert to Sir with love here.
3: Yeah, Just well so Lulu play us
0: off. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Melissa teaching at the Amos Fortune High School. Then there were the prevailing behaviors Melissa observed constantly. Behaviors she despised, but could say nothing about. The amazingly high number of out-of-wedlock pregnancies. Oh, oh my God. The constant obstreperous behavior of all but a few Ooh. students. That fucking word has such <laughs> it's back. a history with this podcast. <laughs> i learned that word from todd blodgett obstreperous (laughs) here's more of these um behaviors that she despises the baggy jeans the neck oh my god uh which did not directly interfere with her work but which nonetheless disgusted her (laughs) settle down melissa i think we've answered the question of whether you are or not yeah yeah Yeah.
2: as i said you had to ask exactly
0: yeah yeah uh she tried to tell herself that her her dislike of all of this was due to her own ethnocentric prejudices but that wouldn't wash it sounds like an easy explanation to me
1: (laughs) no her racism is rooted in in science she's a <laughs> she's a social darwinist
0: Oh uh, yeah all right like so she, she um she begins to know leander washington uh one of her co-workers he was older than she about 30 so another relationship age gap inappropriate <laughs> examine your own behavior melissa an older married man you think that's any better than those baggy jeans
2: definitely equivalent
0: (laughs) (laughs) melissa's neighborhood wasn't the worst of inner city detroit but its squalor oppressed her some of her neighbors were clean and respectable but many weren't (laughs) judgmental Uh, she'd routinely hear gunfire at night she carried pepper spray in her purse i don't know how how am i as the reader supposed to feel about melissa at this point Am I supposed to sympathize with this or think that she... Yeah,
2: that's always a complicated question when Joseph Dobrian is the one (laughs) doing the writing. What does he think of her?
0: Yeah. So she's um, spending a little more time with uh, Leander and the principal, um, his name is Tolliver. I think that must be his last name because the students and teachers call him Mr. T. And he... uh, Oh, oh, he finds out that... um, Melissa has been attending uh, a church. The AME church stands for something, but it's like a, a black church. So she's, mm-hmm. that's sort of her, uh, her social connection is she's started attending this church. And Mr. T says, uh, be careful who you make friends with. You can't let yourself get too close to these people. Um, Mr. T is also black. And the, so there's, there's weird racial stuff going on here. Melissa asks Leander about this. Like, why is Mr. T telling me to be careful about associating with these church people? Leander says, maybe he thinks that if you get too close to these people, you'll just be one more bleeding heart white girl who tolerates the ghetto culture. He takes it a step further. Mr. T is probably afraid you'll catch. And there's the N word. You'll catch N word. It's right there. What? Yep, <laughs> Leander Washington. He says he says that. Continuing, M- uh, Melissa gasped, just as Stella did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leander continues. Chris Rock wasn't kidding.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Chris Rock wasn't kidding. And he
0: said it was our private civil war. There's black people and there's oh and there's that God. word again. Mm-hmm. And if you refuse to tolerate, mm, that doesn't make you racist.
1: This is like Joseph Dobry and his base is entirely off of this character, entirely off of the Chris Rock skit, apparently.
0: Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, And this is the principal again, Mr. T. Trying to to, uh, train Melissa to handle these awful children she's (laughs) chosen to teach. Every kid's got a dog in him. Every kid's a coward. You have to teach yourself when you're starting out to control that dog. You don't go (laughs) looking for trouble, but anyone tries to give you trouble, you let him know you're going to rip his head off and shit in it.
1: Oh, my God. He's got that dog in him. (laughs) Uh, Even if you can't back it up, if you
0: act like you can back it up, most likely you're never going to have to. If you have to back it up, you do. You're not going to win every fight you get into, but like if you refuse need, like, to be defeated, you won't lose either.
3: Isn't this we like a like Ben a Carson chart. quote? Yeah, Jesus. So you actually
0: fight the kids? Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, and then you if
0: you have to back rip it up, their heads off, nope.
2: you shit at them.
0: <laughs> Go down swinging. <laughs> Jesus. She didn't hate her students, but with only a few exceptions, she found them repellent. All right, time for a new job, Melissa. <laughs> this is not for you. Yeah, you
1: know, I think we had some teachers at Wash who enjoyed breaking up fights uh, between uh, certain students a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. There's one in particular I'm thinking of, but we we'll talk about that later.
0: Uh, uh, all right, so Connor and Melissa end up at the same New Year's Eve party during the winter break. Connor reveals to Melissa that he's engaged to Tanya. And she's in sort of a low place so that kind of uh hits her hard that her ex has uh, moved on connor told her the story i thought we were done he said so i you know it's like you were done <laughs> she, yeah
1: like, yeah you're like, she also like d- <laughs> dated someone hundreds of else. miles apart yeah. yeah
0: but but that makes it clear like what what's going on in his head like i thought we were done i guess Maybe we're not. Maybe there's something still there with my high school girlfriend that I maybe had sex with at prom once. (laughs) So he's talking about Tanya to Melissa. She seems to have a lot of ambition. There it is again. I just put a little exclamation point every time that word comes up.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Nice.
0: Alright, so they they leave and drive around to catch up because they're old friends or whatever and Other people at the party noticed that they left together and never came back. And it got around. It got back to Tanya. Tanya says, it unsettles me when I hear that you left a party with some other girl and never came back. Obviously, it gives other people the wrong idea. So Tanya puts a lot of stock in the way that other people view their relationship.
2: And then she sliced his neck open with her cheekbone and (laughs) gobbled him up with her enormous (laughs) mouth.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Leander tells Melissa that he got divorced when she goes back to Detroit. And uh, he's, he's talking about, like, the disagreements between him and his ex-wife. She's very passionate about uh, social issues and stuff, his ex. You might not believe it, but I'm pretty apolitical. I have no patience with people who talk about identity politics and oppressor classes and that. And you know what else? Mumia was guilty, and Al Sharpton ought to be ashamed of himself. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> Damn.
0: This is a classic <laughs> uh, Joseph Dobrian uh racial minority character. <laughs> Much like the um the Native American man in um in really Willie Wilden who yeah. who mm-hmm. loved the mascot and, yeah. and loved the word Indian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forget what that guy's name was, so I really I'm just as bad as Joe for not remembering. I got that. over
1: my oppression. Why can't you? <laughs>
0: Um, So as he's telling her about the divorce, uh, Melissa wanted to reach out and put a hand on Leander's arm, not sexually, just for comfort, (laughs) as opposed to the the sexual arm touching, the
1: sexual arm
0: touching, yeah, (laughs) manual genital contact.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. What a virgin.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Chapter eight, Connor and Tanya get married. Indeed, they do. Connor invites (laughs) Melissa to the wedding. He invites his ex girlfriend from high school to his his wedding, Mm. which makes his bride upset.
2: Yeah, yeah. Form Connor,
0: Mm there is some uh, like weird unspoken competition between Melissa and Tanya, uh, and there is some unresolved feelings between Connor and Melissa. But anyway, their life goes on. After the wedding, Connor starts day trading while Tanya continues her graduate studies. So he's found a a more profitable line of work than spreadsheets and shit for the suit salesman. (laughs) 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 Their wedding was at the downtown Marriott. Again, that's a real place. Yeah. It's weird. (laughs) Like, what's... When does he decide it has to be a parody of a real place? And when does yeah. it just the real business? Well, that, honestly, There was that, also a hy V earlier. I didn't mention that.
2: That breaks down my theory because when you said he mentions Indianola, which is a real place, I was like, yeah. well, he just feels like Indianola is such small potatoes. They don't even know how to file a lawsuit against him for, <laughs> you know, poor representation. But Marriott, hmm. hy V like, Yeah. These are ball also, busters. Um,
0: also Des Moines came up earlier and he didn't uh you know Des Moines that's real
2: it's too real
1: <laughs> that's too real
0: <laughs> alright so Tanya finds out that Connor invited Melissa to the wedding I guess he didn't even tell her that he was gonna do that Tanya threw a full out tantrum worthy of a principal soprano <laughs> so she was singing
1: <laughs> angrily you <know> singing <laughs> temperamental sopranos <laughs>
0: Um, she was so mad, it manifested physically in this way. Her lips so had gone go bluish-purple. Guess- <gasps> Sorry. But, <laughs> no, uh, I just,
1: like, they didn't go over the guest list together? <laughs> like- <laughs> no, I guess
0: he just, like, secretly sent this one.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so but anyway, her,
0: her lips turned blue, so she's, like, about to die. Yeah. She's so mad. It's
1: not great. hmm
0: <laughs> He tries to um, excuse this with Tanya by saying, that inviting his ex to the wedding... Um, this way we have closure. She has to, she has to physically witness you what marry someone else in order to get over the relationship.
2: I mean, that's a strong argument.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tanya calls him then a fucking weaselly bag of
1: shit. Dang. This marriage is starting off on a high note. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Cause she's, you Sabrina. know, your wedding
1: is, is terrible then. You know, you know the rest of them I are mean, just gonna be good.
2: Well they say yeah. um it's actually good luck if you get into a huge blowout fight on your wedding day. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's
0: it's a good foundation to work off of. So then um he's having second thoughts because of how angry she got at him. He's a very stupid man. And he so he's weighing his options. Could he have backed out of the wedding and continued to live with her indefinitely? Conceivably yes.
2: No, definitely that not. It doesn't, doesn't seem like it's insane. In the <laughs> yeah. And then just go yeah, back then we're to gonna live together. Is the day before. Right.
0: I think, again, I think that Joe is trying to tell us that Connor is yeah. a very stupid and crazy man. Uh, on the other hand, this is something he likes about Tanya. The way heads turned whenever the two of them were out in public. The sheer prestige that attended his being with a woman like this. So he's viewing her as a status symbol. Yeah. And also, this is something he says. She's way the best I'll ever do. Is that some kind of slag?
1: It just sounds like Connor has slow, low self-esteem. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> mm. She's way the best I'll ever do. It's a weird sentence. I've never heard a person talk like that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you supposed to love somebody else? That's
1: that's true. Yeah. That's true. Thank you, RuPaul. All
0: right. So here's some scenes from the wedding. Oh, oh, oh. So remember Brett and Beverly? Connor's friends from high school. Old high school friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. These are like normal Midwestern people in contrast to tanya so she sort of doesn't like them because they're like a little too plain but they show up to the wedding and beverly's pregnant so here's some npc dialogue connor grasped brett's hand and exclaimed i'm so glad for you my friend a baby
2: <laughs> people were saying that to a me baby. all the time
0: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that could have used a second pass i think that's a little yeah. too generic so connor's uh What's it, it calls him? His part time employer, so he may still have the job at the clothing store. But Andy Palinkas, he comes to the wedding. That, you want to invite your boss to your wedding, right? Oh yeah. So Andy, um, he was Did absolutely Goggling all the at suits? Tanya. <laughs> no, he, yeah. no, way, he's not going <laughs> to do that. <laughs> He'd be insulted if you asked for something like that. This is crazy.
2: So he's and, goggling, and remember, Tanya. Remember,
0: yeah. as I, yeah, he's staring at the at the woman. She's so beautiful. And remember that this is supposed to be written by Andy. So he's writing about himself in the third person here. (laughs) Andy clicked his heels and bowed his bald head over Tanya's hand and kissed it. Or rather, he kissed his own thumb, which was atop her hand, which is how it's proper to kiss a lady's hand if you're back in the Habsburg Empire, (laughs) which Andy probably wished he were.
3: (laughs) Habsburgs. That's pretty <laughs> funny. I gotta give it that one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright, so Melissa does show up to the wedding and Tanya notices that she's showing off a lot of cleavage and uh, she keeps catching Connor looking at his ex-girlfriend at his wedding. So he's... Come on. You can't let her catch
1: you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's man code. <laughs> <laughs> And um, Jim and Gail,
0: Melissa's parents, who, again, really like Connor, even though he's no longer dating their daughter, they come to the wedding, too. They were invited. Uh, And Andy talks to them. Again, they were neighbors who didn't like each other. You remember that? I think at this point, they they would have still been living next to each other. Anyway, they get in a conversation. Andy says to Jim and Gail, that sure is a beautiful girl he married. What I wouldn't give to be in his place. Ages at this point in this story, Andy is 55, Tanya is 28. Uh, Here's something that Jim says in response. You certainly can see why Connor would be attracted to her, said Jim, with a bit of a leer. (laughs) Leering at a young girl at her wedding. Alright, the day trading business. Boring, but it means he's spending more time at home, I guess.
2: What's the worst thing um, you guys have heard other men say about women without (laughs) any women present?
0: (laughs) Oh, you know the crazy thing is, uh, Gail was actually standing right next to him, so Jim's wife wife? was present as he said that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Wow. Do you want me to answer
3: that? What's the worst thing you've heard another man
2: say with your wife present? No, Justin. If you know something off the top of your head, I would love to know, or like if something jumps to mind.
0: Yeah, nothing, nothing immediate jumps to mind. I, those conversations don't happen that often anymore, at least to me.
1: <laughs> it kind of depends on your uh, your circle, you know. Yeah. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, though. I'm sure if I thought about it for a while, yeah, you come up with something. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, listeners, sound off in the comments.
0: <laughs> so he's he started his own day trading operation without really consulting with Tanya. He just sort of springs it on her, like, "Hey, I'm I'm doing this now. I'm a Wall Street gambler guy," and she's a little put off by that because remember she liked the sort of like stable image of Connor as like a breadwinner. That yes, that's why
2: women choose men. Yes, mm-hmm. right.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he's like, well, I'm going to make way more money doing this. This is actually good. And he says, see, you're making me ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're talking about he's writing about like the um, the the different talents and skills that Tanya and Connor have and how difficult it is to like build a career as a singer like Tanya is trying to do. Uh, anybody can learn to sing or play an instrument, but it's hard. <laughs> and takes Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours
1: at least. <laughs> oh, oh, oh shit. Malcolm Gladwell, do <laughs> you think fucking do you think Joe is a big fan of Malcolm Gladwell? <laughs> oh, I bet. I guess maybe he probably yeah, you know. I guess he probably would consider him like a one of the good ones uh, as far as liberals, I mean, not not, not yeah, anything yeah. not anything about his ethnic background. I know he's I know his ethnic background. It's not about that. I'm saying he's one of the good liberals because he's like a centrist dweeb who writes, writes all these stupid ass books that people take way too seriously. Yeah. 10,000 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can do it in two. Sorry. Sorry, Malcolm. <laughs> it only takes me 2,000 hours to become an expert or master or whatever. Yeah,
2: that's right.
1: <laughs> a little bit more about um, like.
0: Uh, the, the competition between like aspiring musicians. Students who are back in the pack in terms of standing and accomplishment might as well get married and start having kids and hope they find a job at some middle school in bumfuck Egypt directing swing choir and teaching 12-year-olds to sing Staudela Pumpa I don't know what that is. Maybe I'll play that here if, yeah. if you want to hear Staudela pumpa <laughs> But I love how Joe teach. writes about the, yeah. the fields. yeah <laughs> uh, If you're not the top performing music student, you might, might as well, as well get, have kids. Have a horrible job as a middle school teacher.
2: <laughs> and reproduce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he really has a great. Opinion of people who choose to
3: have children. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, and then there's like uh there's sort of like a right brain left brain thing difference between Connor and Melissa, or sorry, uh, Connor and Tanya. He's married to Tanya, not Melissa. See, even I'm slipping now. Mm. Tanya could talk about business and math, but Connor couldn't talk about music. So they're kind of weird. You, you'd expect anyone should be able to talk about music, right? That's a little bit more human and fun than talking about business and math.
1: Uh, music like, is math, aren't you? Um, do you have a <laughs> graduate degree in like music theory?
0: No, I'm overeducated in nothing.
1: <laughs> okay, <you're> right. <laughs> I
0: have a master's degree. I forgot in about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Joe should know that. Mm. It's, it's it's the same shit, bro. <laughs> math is this art. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, well, I think that just sort of demonstrates how Tanya can do anything. And Connor is a close-minded fool from State City, Iowa, who never broadened his own horizons like Tanya. Chapter 9. More about Melissa and Leander. yes <laughs> uh, All right. Melissa and Leander become a couple, but they keep it a secret for a while um, because while they work together and it's a little weird, you know, two teachers hooking up, but also weird racial reasons, which I'll get into. Uh, <laughs> Leander then gets uh, a new job at a magnet school. He leaves Amos Fortune, and uh, their relationship becomes less of a secret. More people find out about it because they're not
3: co-workers.
0: (sighs) (laughs) This is Melissa talking about um, their developing relationship. While she was chatting and laughing with Leander, even though sincerely glad to be with him, she would sometimes remind herself that hanging out with him proved that she wasn't a racist. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. Uh, it's a good thing to think about your boyfriend.
1: <laughs> Jesus.
0: When he kissed her, she felt that kissing him was something praiseworthy, even though she was not unwilling, because it proved that she wasn't a racist. That's two sentences in a row that end with, proved that she wasn't a racist. It's a little sloppy. Um, by the time she went to bed with Leander, she wasn't trying to prove anything at all, unless maybe the rumor that black guys are better endowed.
1: Man, does this is this what Joe thinks of every interracial relationship? That's right, exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 100%. Sick. It's just a <laughs> to prove that you're not racist.
0: Right. It's it couldn't be that two human beings have like a mutual attraction to each other and and treat each other as equals. <laughs> there has to be weird shit going on in their minds. There's weird shit going on in my dough brain all the time, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh man. So it it's not just the the physical that Melissa is attracted to with Leander, you know. He's also like, like a smart, interesting person. She says, uh, "I love your big sexy brain."
1: <laughs> and
0: that oh, just be... I thought <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to read well, any is... further.
1: <laughs> I mean, that is a departure from the uh women are only interested in men who have a money and ambition.
0: <laughs> right. They what if you got some women are sapiosexuals.
1: <laughs> Big sexy Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of unfortunate for Joe, because uh, he's not doing so well with the with the ladies.
2: Yeah. We get it, Joe. You are you've never met a, a person of color and you are afraid of them.
1: Great. <laughs> <laughs> it's either women are sapiosexuals or they're intimidated by his intelligence. Mm. I think this that was literally
0: the in one of the essays we read of his. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I mentioned there are weird racial reasons that they're not more open about their relationship. Um, I think Melissa is the only white teacher at Amos Fortune, if I remember correctly. So it's mostly uh, black women who are her coworkers, And this is a reason why they don't want the rest of the teachers to know about their relationship. This is Leander speaking. Decent single black men are in very short supply. I know it doesn't sound right for me to call myself decent, but face facts. I'm a catch for some nice young black girl. And you're taking me out of the mix. You're stealing me from that community. Oh, you are just the kind of gray meat they despise. (laughs) Gray meat? Yeah, anyone ever call you gray meat? (laughs) (laughs) There's probably an element of that that is, like, based on a a real resentment that happens
3: yeah i I know
0: that there are there are black women who you know resent that that that, uh a lot of black men end up dating white girls or whatever but uh joe and i are probably not the people to speak with authority on the subject (laughs) (laughs) right this part I, i did like he he is good at writing this resentment of like uh jim and gail wainwright the the liberal uh smug parents who almost let their daughter die in a creek
3: open up open up your daughter fell in the creek
0: <laughs> this is um melissa thinking about what her parents would think of her interrelation interracial relationship uh they might even claim they were proud of their daughter for being so colorblind she could almost hear her father saying something like it's the color of a man's heart that matters not the color of his skin <laughs> It's like the uh, the Get Out, the Father and Get Out.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I was just gonna say that because I saw recently. I didn't know this, but apparently, I don't know the camera the actor's name, but he apparently didn't realize Uh, that that was a joke. Bradley Whitford. Bradley Whitford. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 He apparently didn't realize it was a joke when he read the (laughs) script, (laughs) the uh, Obama's third term thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he was perfect for that character because he actually is like Yeah, that. he so is So he that delivers guy. the yeah. lines so believably. But,
1: yeah, there's like 500 Hollywood actors. Hey, support the uh, actors' strike <laughs> yeah, just started just, today. Yeah, one of today.
0: Shout out to yep. Fran Drescher, president of SAG. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> what?
0: Yeah, she gave a speech this morning announcing she's, the strike. It's pretty cool. She's
1: more than just a nanny. She's <laughs> a union leader. That rocks.
0: I also found out recently that Bradley Whitford... Um, used to be married to the woman who played uh Lois on Malcolm in the Middle.
1: Yeah. J- I didn't realize oh, She's really Merrick, good. Yeah, yeah. She's such a good actress in that, especially in that oh, show. She I mean, rocks. I don't think I've seen yeah. too much anything else, but yeah, she's really good on that show. Yeah. Along with pretty much
0: everyone, but yeah. Uh anyway, guessed. uh <laughs> more about Jim and Gail uh in in Melissa's mind. So that they they would act she's imagining all this, but she she imagines that they would act very proud that their, their daughter is so uh, progressive dating a black man but she feels that internally her parents would feel that she had disgr- disgraced herself and them which is sad
1: <laughs> it is sad
0: okay I mentioned that Leander gets a new job at a magnet school you might not be able to guess this but uh, it's, it's perfect guess who the school is named after this better school in Detroit that Leander goes to he goes hmm. from Amos Fortune High to Joe Lewis High.
3: Oh, right.
1: Yeah, I forgot about a years, thing.
0: A years-long doe-brain thread. Um, yeah. <laughs> way long ago, we read an article that he wrote comparing Joe Lewis, the boxer, from the 60s Colin or even longer ago. Yeah, he yeah, compared him to Colin that. Kaepernick. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: so this is like the model... Um, Black athlete to Joe is uh, Joe Lewis. He compared him favorably also to Muhammad Ali, if I remember right. Muhammad Ali was just too outspoken. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And Leander uh, talking about moving to this better school. If I'm to continue to play the idealistic young teacher, I've got to get my big black ass away from it. Believable dialogue there. (laughs) 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 Uh, Chapter 10. Connor and Tanya get pregnant. You may be excited at the thought of Connor getting pregnant, but it, it really, Tanya is the only one that physically gets pregnant. It's just, oh. you know, Dang. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately we do not get the, uh, Dobrain M. preg storyline that we <laughs> may have hoped for. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you remember that seed was planted earlier that Tanya has no interest in having children, and Connor wants a family. Mm. He he did not express that to her at the time, but he basically gets her to marry him while mm. he is holding this thought the in his seed
1: head. Was that's that's a pre-marriage discussion. <laughs> that's uh, yes, a pre- it is pre-marriage discussion. Yeah,
0: you can see that we're hurtling towards disaster here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, Connor, uh, he badgers Tanya about having a kid, and she eventually relents. Mm. And we start to see the beginning of how this is, uh, gonna derail her life. You know, she had all these professional aspirations or ambitions, if ambitions.
1: you will.
3: Ambitions. <laughs>
0: <Thank you. laughs> so she gets pregnant, and, uh, Connor, w- while his wife is pregnant, he secretly meets up with his ex girlfriend, Melissa, uh, during the winter break again when she has come home to visit her family. Connor. And, um, yeah, yeah. And it it's revealed at this time that Melissa has
1: been fired
0: from a misfortune high school. Oh. Yeah, yeah.
1: What did she, did she get into an altercation with a student? <laughs> no, no, it's,
0: it's much more uh, weird and racist than that.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> Jeez.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, but it, back in the, uh, the, the badgering part of this, where Connor's like pressuring his wife, who doesn't want to have kids, to have his kid. This is something Tanya says to him, Connor, you can't know how special you are to me. I can't imagine ever being without you. This reminded me of a uh, dialogue from Tommy Wiseau's The Room. <laughs> 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 Connor had to admit to himself that he had known that going in, that Tanya doesn't want to have kids, but he'd been certain Tanya would change her mind once they were married. He knew that no normal, natural woman felt fulfilled or felt that she was worth anything until she'd had a child.
2: Did you read that part out loud to your wife?
0: (laughs) No, she doesn't. She doesn't know about this. She can't know that I'm even reading such fictional thoughts. (laughs) Sometimes he'd look at the baby like if they see a baby in public. Oh, this is tanya speaking like she's uh venting to a friend about this sometimes he'd look at a baby and then look at me and shake his head like i was depriving him somehow <laughs> <laughs> piece of shit
2: <laughs> i should yeah i think uh justin every time you see a baby out in public or any kind of kid just look at and just like look back at ashley and just like sigh like
0: oh. <laughs> she would get so mad so fast
2: <laughs> what could have been
0: and he also he got um he talked to his own parents about it. Like Connor talked to his parents about how Tanya is not giving me the baby. I desire my male heir. Um,
2: (laughs) Okay. Henry
1: VIII. Got to continue the bloodline.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I guess Connor's mom uh, very nicely suggested that I wasn't doing what a woman should do that. I just wasn't very womanly and that maybe he'd made a mistake. (laughs) Okay. And then Connor starts. uh, He starts like bargaining with her. I'd take care of it. I'd do everything. You wouldn't have to lift a finger.
3: <laughs> oh,
0: that's, yeah. that's a damn lie. It, it's insane to even, like, why would you believe that for a second? <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> like,
0: listen, you just have to carry it for nine months and push it out of your own body. Oh,
3: my After gosh. that, it's my
0: responsibility 100%. <laughs> <laughs> as we know one person can handle all the responsibilities yeah, and we'll, we'll never yeah. ever that's i'm never ever gonna dump him off onto you <laughs> literally
2: physically possible for one adult to take care of a infant
0: <laughs> yeah 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 i mean to to be fair to joe that's what he's setting up here is that like yeah. connor is clearly not going to keep up this end of the bargain and this is tanya rationalizing from after the fact Finally, I thought maybe I could do it to bring us together and drive Melissa out of the picture. So, so she's
1: oh man,
0: <laughs> her motivation for having a baby is this will save our marriage and it will spite his ex.
2: <laughs> Every child should be born in that kind of love. Oh, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 spite babies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I gotta give Joe credit. He's doing a good job at just, like, yeah. ramping up the drama here and writing about just it's shitty a rich people area. making awful It's a choices.
2: rich area, for sure.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> More from Connor, his insane lies. It'd be your baby. Oh, no, no, sorry. This is Tanya saying this to Connor. Like, driving home you know this is what you promised you have to keep up your end of the bargain this will be your baby it'd be your baby I'd be doing this for you not for me for you it would be your kid completely and not mine (laughs) (laughs) this is maybe a little bit beyond uh, believability here
1: (laughs) yeah so she's like a surrogate for her own husband
0: (laughs) (laughs) not a healthy relationship I guess no this is andy writing about connor this is just narration connor's reasoning all women want babies at least all normal women do even lesbians want them <laughs> uh, and then tanya would change her mind about taking care of the baby once she'd had it so he's knowingly promising to take care of the baby while inside, thinking she'll probably she'll she'll want to she'll take care of it, it once it, she sees it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. The maternal yeah. instinct kicks in, and then, yeah. then he's his plate's empty. Normal women and lesbians. And
0: his free time he sneaks
1: off with his ex girlfriend. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Yeah, she takes care of the baby. Then he goes sneaks off with his ex girlfriend. That's perfect. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's a bit about how Tanya's pregnancy affects her uh, ability to keep up. In school and you know like perform as a singer because it physically affects your body of course
2: Mm, tell me more
0: (laughs) she has a (laughs) a recital that doesn't go very well because you know she she can't predict like how her body is going to be day to day so it's kind of hard to to perform
2: how does dobrian portray that does she like she's like in the middle of an aria and then she just like projectile vomits on the first row
0: (laughs) It's really not uh, not very detailed. It just says here, her recital was, in her mind, a disaster. She didn't make any serious mistakes, but she could hear her own voice and knew it wasn't good.
3: Mm.
0: So sadly, yeah, it probably would have benefited from an actual scene of, like, something bad happening. But it seems to be mostly in her head. But her advisor, Professor Jesperson, <laughs> Jesperson, uh, says this to her. It's up to you now to set the example for the rest of the studio about how to bounce back from an off performance. These are great expectations to set for your (laughs) pregnant student.
2: (laughs) Pregnant women love to hear about bouncing back. That's literally our favorite topic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I will say, you know, I don't know if Joe consulted with any uh, graduate students at the School of Music, but um, I was a student with a few women who were pregnant while graduate students and i will say that uh a lot of professors do not handle that reasonably <laughs> mm. <laughs> a lot of pressure is put on those women to uh perform highest,
3: w- without really yeah, without
0: really any consideration of like what they're going through in their life uh which is actually a lot more important than grad school <laughs> <laughs> All right, Connor meets up with Melissa at the downtown Starbucks. There's another real business. That's real. That there is a downtown <laughs> yeah.
2: Starbucks. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the first,
0: the first uh, unionized Starbucks in the state of Iowa. That's
2: right. Nice.
0: Although that was not the case in 2014 when this book came out. All right. Connor sees Melissa at the Starbucks. She looks slammed, haggard. <laughs> oh, no. And I wrote busted in all caps next to that. <laughs>
2: That's what happens when you sleep outside, sleep with people outside your race.
0: <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, these are the consequences, Melissa. <laughs> all right, so Melissa got fired from Amos Fortune. And this is a rare Dobrian typo. I've been told that my contact won't be renewed next year. You missed one, Joe. You miss the R there. Should be contract. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa suspects that this is sort of resentment for, you know, she's the white girl who teaches at this school. She's dating a black man. The rest of the, the black uh, faculty there don't like her and, and want to punish her and get her out of their I'm school. I'm sure
2: that's why, and not the fact that she hates every student. Right. She said and that things she
1: things yeah, things yeah, the yeah. students is repulsed by them. <laughs> yeah. That has yeah. to be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this like a whole setup for like black people are racist too? Against oh, white people. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It might be. It seems like something in Joe's wheel, wheelhouse. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, she says here, maybe they just didn't want to give the white girl tenure.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, is tenure a thing for high school teachers? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know how that works.
2: Joseph doesn't know how parole works. He doesn't know how tenure works.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And then remarkably, another typo, just a couple paragraphs later, I don't know what I'm going to do next. Well, disappointed in you, Joe.
2: Who said that, though?
0: <laughs> it was Melissa. I don't no. know what I'm going to do next. No, it's not. It's not his attempted uh, black vernacular or anything <laughs> like that. <Jesus. laughs> but that's what you were thinking. <laughs> OK, they, they do. uh they joe does uh insert a very short chapter here called melissa's career which goes a little bit more into uh why and how she got fired uh like i said it's very short um and she's talking to leander about it her boyfriend oh this, this is what she's thinking actually maybe mr t himself was sexually jealous so that that's i'm sure that's what it is melissa it's actually that all the black guys want to fuck you. That's why you got fired. <laughs>
3: oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever sexual jealousy. Yeah, that's yeah, so good
2: yeah. though. Honestly, like I'm definitely gonna start accusing people of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever yeah. doesn't go my way. That's that's why. Uh, yeah, it's con- definitely a convenient thing to to believe. <laughs> oh,
2: absolutely. As a delusional person, like...
1: Yeah. Oh, it it comes up sometimes, yeah. I mean, yeah. People definitely just hate me because I'm so hot.
2: (laughs) Right? Like, sexual... uh, It's a perfect phrase. That'd be a good name for a band, too. Hard Barney. Sexually
1: jealous.
0: (laughs) Hard Barney, sexually jealous. All right. She'd also... She told herself made a special effort to not act stuck up or patronizing, to not give even the least indication that she harbored any racism, which, like, in my experience, black people really love it when you are obviously (laughs) trying super hard not to appear (laughs) racist. Yeah.
2: Don't say the N-word. Don't say the N-word. Don't say the (laughs) N-word.
0: You're like, you know, your whole body tenses up whenever they're around, making sure you don't say the wrong thing because you're so scared of them. Yeah. They. (laughs) They love that you're making an effort. That's that's what really counts.
2: Mm. <laughs> Heart's in the right place. Yep. Uh
0: and Leander thinks that they were calling her a hoe behind her back. So he he um he affirms all of her suspicions that yeah, it's it's because they're mad that you're dating a black man. That's why you got fired. Next up, chapter twelve, the baby arrives. Oh. Alright, Connor uh he purchases The house that his friends Brett and Beverly were living in. It's a real plain ass Midwestern house. (laughs) And Tanya again gets the impression that uh, Connor is trying to tie her down to this boring ass Iowa life when she has greater ambitions. She goes into labor shortly after their housewarming party three weeks before the due date. Uh, And then she has pretty intense postpartum depression which ends mm, up yeah uh,
3: yeah you know she no, didn't want to do no this doubt. At all, So, yeah <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, that ends up uh really getting pretty bad when she screams at the baby uh Olivia oh, and no. yeah Connor t- sees this happen and uh they end up going to couples counseling and they sort of rehash all of the stuff that has led up to this everything that we've been talking about comes up in the in the counseling because it was all bad. Uh, you know, you made a series of poor choices uh, <laughs> and you end up screaming at a baby. You know? Your <laughs> <No>, baby. <laughs> hey, you said something you about someone won. named uh, Lulu earlier.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, the school puts on a production of the opera Lulu in this chapter, and uh, Tanya loses out the lead role to um, Sally Greenhow. That may come up later. Sally Greenhow. Uh, Connor swore up and down that his suggestion. Oh. <laughs> they're talking about uh talking about naming the baby connor swore up and down that his suggestion of melissa had had nothing to do with his old (gasps) sweetheart he just said always liked the name (laughs) Uh,
2: this'll really get that bitch
3: (laughs) yeah
1: why did she like this guy again (laughs) (laughs) is he like giving him any positive qualities no not really i mean he knows
0: spreadsheets and shit oh yeah he knows spreadsheets (laughs) yeah yeah
1: That's really Justin and
2: Evan. This would be like if you guys named your daughters Stella.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we never. You're not my high school ex girlfriend that I still think about all the time. So, like, it would be fine if I named a baby after you. It would be normal, right?
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it would be very normal.
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna name my baby Justin. (laughs) Yeah. Cool.
2: For Justin, how many uh, babies are named Justin nowadays? Is that like a popular baby name? I'll go to the U.S. Census website. Uh, Justin, continue while I do this research.
1: I, I don't, yeah, I feel like that's probably that's a pretty a, popular one. I don't know if that's going to go out of style anytime soon. I feel yeah. like it was. I think it was peaking around the time I was born.
2: That's what I would think. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think they're still making new ones though.
2: They're making new Justin's. Let me see. I think
0: so. All right. So uh, Tanya is. Uh, getting upset with Connor because she says, you're trying to tie us down. It was all a lie, wasn't it? You're going to keep sabotaging me with one thing and another until you've made me into whatever the fuck you're trying to make me into. Sorry, my cheekbones are not surreally high enough to really sell that dialogue, but my nose is downright passive.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's been gradually decreasing in popularity.
1: Mm. Got in Um, while the iron was hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they don't it make was, us like they used to. It was most <laughs>
2: popular in two thousand.
1: Oh wow! Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. It was the nineteenth most popular name then.
1: Oh, is that? I wonder if that's a in uh, sync Justin yeah, Timberlake absolutely yeah knockoff <laughs> effect yeah. <laughs> Whereas uh, so,
2: Evan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm glad my name's not popular. But I do, I do. If I hear someone say Kevin. Uh, it's like hard not to like turn your head. It's kind of yeah. annoying. Kevin's oh. are, I think we've discussed in the podcast the but evil, the, Evan. Uh, the evil Evan.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh yeah, I've never met Evan. Devin,
1: comment. we'll we'll let him slide. But Kevin's are, that's that's no good.
2: Justin, I'm sorry. I was looking at a very small segment of the data. So the real statistic is that Justin was most popular in the year 1988. <laughs> And, wow. and, so I was
3: slightly
0: late, actually. I'm okay. slightly yeah, late. It
2: was it was popular. Yeah, at the time, it was the seventh most popular name in the country. Wow. <laughs> all right. Evan, let's see.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. So Connor's trying to justify this house purchase to Tanya in other ways than trying to tie her down. He says, it'll be way good for our credit rating. <laughs> There's that weird, like, what's that thing he said before with the word way? He's like, oh, she's way the best I can do. It'll be way good for our credit rating. That one sounds a little more natural than the other one. Tanya dislikes the neighborhood that they're moving into because it's, um, you know, it's Iowan. For example, it's all pickup trucks with river cat logos on them. People who drink Mountain Dew for breakfast. (laughs) Oh, Hey, being personally attacked. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, are you insinuating that that is low class behavior? Yeah. Tanya slash Someone Joseph? who <laughs> drinks Mountain
2: Dew and had the seventh most popular name in 1988.
0: <laughs> I'm a man of the people. <laughs>
2: <laughs> What's a River Cat logo? Yeah, I don't, I don't
0: know, know what that, that is either, actually. Yeah, I guess we are actually just too highbrow to know what a River yeah, Cat well, logo we're, is. Yeah, well, we're
1: city folks,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> bustling city folks. Tanya is very uncomfortable at the housewarming party because it's mostly Connor's friends who are like uh, hometown people, Pe- people who would have been utterly alien to the voice students. So Tanya Tanya didn't feel comfortable inviting her colleagues to the housewarming party because the divide between graduate students and and the working class of State City <laughs> is just a stark divide that can't possibly intermingle. Like, <laughs> That's been my experience anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, the the uh, as the housewarming party is coming to an end, he heard Tanya gasp, "My water!" That's oh it, <laughs> no! <laughs> oh gosh! My water! My water! And then the baby <laughs> splooshes out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's very it's it's not very common for that to be the order of things, like. You see that in movies all the time, like your water breaks and it's like this whole...
1: Oh, yeah, it's just like immediately after
3: Yeah.
2: Well, honestly, just that your water would break before you go into labor or that that signifies the start of labor, yes. I see.
0: All right, the baby's born. Uh, When she was handed the baby to hold, Tanya cried, no, get it away from me.
2: (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh,
0: She could not be forced to breastfeed.
2: Nor should she be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Of course>. yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: I mean, <laughs> he was, he was trying. He was trying his best. Uh, he forced yeah. her to have the baby. He's like, he, he told her before that he was going to breastfeed the baby because he was going to take all the responsibility <laughs> oh, for it. This but first then, it was...
2: week, I'll do every week after that.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, she, um, she's complaining here because, like, uh, like the hospital staff, Family people are like trying to pressure her into breastfeeding, which is that like a Is this real, a real that's issue? A thing. Yeah, oh yeah. for yeah. sure.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure to breastfeed 100% and there's yeah. um special certifications that hospitals get for encouraging breastfeeding, but some of them take it a little bit too far, you know. A lot of people aren't able to breastfeed for whatever mm. reason and they shouldn't be pressured to to do so.
1: Yeah. yeah, A lot of people have a weird fixation with like, oh, this is natural. It's oh, right. this it's is a natural, natural thing. Just mm-hmm. like, arbitrary in my yeah. opinion.
2: No, yeah. fed is best. Feed the baby 100%. Feed it, like... Yeah,
1: make sure you feed the baby.
0: That's, <laughs> that's really all there is to it. It is natural for the baby to eat. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, a lot of babies before modern medicine and formula and like corrections for tongue tie, like they died, you know. Right, okay. like, well, yeah, I mean, sure. that's, that's
0: the problem, you know, is you can't, the baby won't live if it doesn't eat, you know, I, yeah. and ideally the baby survives, right? That's the goal. Yeah, that's, that's the goal. usually, usually <laughs> the goal, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the first things Tanya did when she got home from the hospital was to look up all the information she could on how to prevent or stop lactation. Uh, and one of those things was to wear cabbage leaves inside her brazier,
2: Yeah, I did hear one? a lot about that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it, um, I got ice packs shaped like like cabbage leaves. <laughs> but I, I've heard that's not really supposed to, like, prevent lactation so much as, like, relieve the pain of engorgement. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, sure, like, it's yeah, like yeah. Cold. to paraphrase um, Chuck, like, so... Basically, when your milk comes comes in, your breasts, like... I looked like a pervert had designed me on a computer. Like, your boobs just, like, inflate. It is right. Second outrageous. life. You <laughs> look like
1: you were in second life.
2: Yeah, for real. Like, like at first, you make colostrum, which is like this... Um, it's not milk quite yet, but it's like this... Uh, I don't know, some kind of substance that has a lot of antibodies in it, and then your milk comes in later. But even before you have your baby, you can be leaking colostrum, which was my experience. And I woke up and I thought I had drooled all over my shirt. No. <laughs> no. Like, I was not expecting how much leakage is part of pregnancy and having a baby. Like, you're just leaking all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, Natalie and I are gonna go into this <laughs> when we eventually record our uh, TFM episode. So look forward to that.
1: <laughs> yeah, lots of leakage.
2: Lots of, uh, sure, a lot of people saying? are gonna be
1: looking forward to that God, one. Soon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so Connor, um, he notices that his wife is a uh, is a little down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you think so? Deeply <laughs> yeah.
3: depressed. Yes, he's talking yeah, to Brett, yeah. and,
0: Brett and Beverly, his uh, his normie friends, uh, talking about uh, his wife's behavior. She'll say something like, "Livy'd be better off if I was dead." At least she calls her Livy now, sometimes instead of it. <laughs>
2: Jesus.
0: Uh, he also talks to Jim. He confides in his ex girlfriend's father about his his wife's uh, emotional state. Uh, Jim calls them the postpartum crazies. It's a phase. Uh, try to catch Tanya doing something right and encourage her whenever you can or whenever you do. So, you know, like, like a the,
1: dog. Like a a dog yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Give her a little so treat when, you, when positive, you catch her. Positive reinforcement. When she's nice to the baby, then yeah. you give her a, a, l- a little, little She's kiss. And uh, yeah.
2: spritz her whenever she's... You know,
0: on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, Joe is writing about awful men saying awful things about a pregnant woman. Yeah. And he's, he's doing a good job.
2: Takes
3: one and no <laughs> one. Go ahead. <laughs> uh
0: And then he starts guilting her about like spending more time with the baby, which is obviously not the deal that he had proposed. uh He he says, "Honey, Livy might forget she even has a mommy." Fucking dickhead. <laughs> All right here 's where uh, she screams at the baby, shut up, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. She was in livy 's room, holding Livy up in front of her, screaming into the baby 's face, gripping Livy so hard by the arms that her own hands were red and white.
2: Oh my God mm. so this I is not a good
0: that. a good I... situation to be in. Things have escalated uh, because connor's a, a very bad husband, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> Uh, She gets on some medication, which is uh, good. And then they start going to couples counseling. Connor at first was dead against this idea. What will people think? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, (laughs) what do they think about screaming at the baby?
2: (laughs) Also, like, you don't have to tell people and your therapist will not tell That's true. It can be private.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't have to tell anyone that you're in therapy.
3: No. It's not actually an obligation.
1: Which is why it's so funny when people are like, like, see if they're not in therapy, like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. What if you don't know? What if you don't know every aspect of their
1: private life?
2: But also Jonah Hill's in therapy. So.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's right. He made a documentary about that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, He made a documentary about how good he is at therapy. Doing
1: wonders for him, obviously. (laughs) Tony Soprano also yeah
0: again. That's right. <laughs> if we do it it'll have to be a man Connor countered I've heard how it works if it's a lady therapist the two women gang up on the man and make it all his fault
2: <laughs> lady therapist <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I wrote in the margin here I'm honestly a little impressed at how much Joe is making me hate a male character
1: <laughs> yeah I know that's what I was gonna say I was gonna be like it was like Joe is in favor of marriage counseling you think that's right. that's I don't uh, think he's
2: in <laughs> favor of marriage or babies. No, yeah, that that's but, the thing,
1: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he's like obviously telegraphing that this is all all doomed regardless right. of any, yeah, exactly. any therapy being
0: exactly. done. Um they end up going to a uh, couples therapy uh administered by a couple of therapists. Um their names are Morris oh. Sean and Anne Noonan. I don't it's know if interesting they come up again, but uh they were both in their 40s, both terribly earnest. Morris was curly-headed and round, although not fat. Anne was horsey-looking. <laughs> this is a beautiful image, painting the picture. This is what therapists look like. Yeah. <laughs> in a cartoon. Uh, something Connor says to Tanya during one session. I need you to be normal. Alright, I'm skipping through a lot of this because they're, again, just repeating like everything that we already know. They're just hashing it all out in therapy. God, thank thank God. We're getting back to basics. Uh, Connor denied having seen or communicated with Melissa Wainwright since. You know, since the wedding. Tanya suggested that if she were to hack his emails, he might have to change his story. The email drama. Oh my God. Rising again. Here's the Picture for 2.0. Coming for them emails. <laughs> he hadn't even emailed Melissa more than once or twice after the new year, and not at all after February. So he really was emailing her. <laughs> Just not recently. Wow. What a twist. Lying about emails. Threatening to hack emails. The emails are at the center of all of this. Remember, there were emails <laughs> between Andy and Christine. If you read all the emails... The story really comes together. All right, let's cover one more chapter tonight, and then we can move on with our lives. Chapter 13, (laughs) A Proposal. Tanya lines up some gigs and is getting her career back on track. You know, the baby's out of her body. She can get back to those (laughs) ambitions. (laughs) So while Tanya is spending a lot of time working on her career, uh, Connor starts sneaking around behind her back, and he... (laughs) The proposal that is the name of this chapter is he tries to get Melissa, his ex-girlfriend, to agree to be with him once he and Tanya's marriage inevitably falls apart. Uh, (laughs) Melissa does not agree to that because that is a crazy thing to ask someone to do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Uh, Paragraph two, uh, Davenport, Muscatine, Cedar Rapids. These are all real cities as opposed to state city which is not real what's the distinction why do these real cities get to be in here uh connor comes to the realization that he does not love tanya anymore and could never love her again so he sends an email to his friends brett and beverly emails
1: emails oh <laughs> 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 yeah so this is fucked up. Does He's anyone involving ever his friends text, in this deception. Like
2: a, a single time in this <laughs> yeah. entire... This is,
1: I was going to say, this is like very... Uh, t- this is 2014. This is, this is how most people communicated in 2014. <laughs> well, and what's happening... I don't know how much earlier it is, but this is, you know,
0: in the past, in the narrative. So I, I don't know what year this is, but yeah, well, they're, they're all communicating primarily by email. Uh, Andy writes here, we have to consider Connor's feelings no I disagree we do not he's he's dragging his friends into this, this like secret plot to meet up with his ex-girlfriend like he, he wants them to help him set up like a chance encounter that his wife isn't going to find out about and you know everybody keep a secret okay I hope no one ever reads this email hope no one ever hacks my email and, and reads it <laughs> Uh, might it have been something Connor wanted to show Melissa and Bev, for that matter, as a sort of performance art? He, s- he schedules this chance encounter for when he's going to be, like, feeding the baby. Or, like, taking care of the baby somehow. A dance, almost, portraying the loving and caring father and perhaps putting ideas in Melissa's head of what might have been. And of what might still come to pass if fortune smiled. <laughs> So he, he's he's talking to Melissa Melissa like Brett and Beverly like take Melissa to Connor's house or some shit it, it's it's really weird I don't know how she gets like bamboozled he's like being into trafficked this. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and Connor asks Melissa like hey you want to take a drive and then catch up and Melissa's a little hesitant like I think you're that might bother your wife and Connor says Oh, she knows we're old friends. She's usually pretty easygoing about that kind of thing. But, <laughs> you know, it's it's probably best to be discreet. <laughs> He's lying, you know. Yeah. Tanya and her enormous mouth uh, is not very easygoing about this kind of thing. <laughs> oh, man. Con- Connor. Uh, this is great. This is great. Connor wants to pass the baby off on his mother so that he can have some time alone with his ex-girlfriend. Connor's mother didn't ask any questions when he emailed her to ask if she could handle the baby for a few hours. He emailed his mom about watching the baby.
2: Is everyone just constantly like sitting <laughs> yeah. at their
0: PCs? Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no one makes a phone call like that. That one is is kind of a weird thing to leave to email. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a phone
1: call. <laughs>
0: so he he's meeting up with Melissa. He says, we can't just keep on emailing each other every few months. (laughs) Uh, Melissa, I want us to be as close as we were. Melissa responds, what do you mean? I mean, I can email you more often if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The frequency of emails now is a big Mm -hmm. part of the drama. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, again, he makes that proposal. This is what he says. I want to believe there's a future for us, for you and me. I want you and me to be together when it finally is over. Melissa looked stunned. I can't, she said at last. Promise that, I mean. I don't want you to consider me part of this equation. <laughs> yep, Same. that's a completely yes. <laughs> normal thing to say. Yeah. So that's that's where part two leaves off. Uh, it's just establishing, like... Connor has been a real piece of shit for years. (laughs) Um, He wants to get back with his high school girlfriend. This weird man. You should have moved on from that a long time ago. And he tricked his wife into having a baby and is like trying to trap her in Iowa. (laughs) And he's ruined a woman's life.
1: Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Not what I was expecting for this section. I was kind of just wanting to find out if uh, Andy kidnapped Christine or not.
0: Right, and, we've kind uh, of uh, diverted from the main a plot. A lot of a yeah.
1: <laughs> Guess they got a whole whole fucked uh, up family to to cover. <laughs> Honestly,
2: mm. good for Christine for escaping or being kidnapped. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whatever gets you out of this town, Christine. Yeah, for real, <laughs> yeah. for real. I think I compared this to Twin Peaks in the first episode and yeah, it's yeah, it's following that path. This is a very soap opera thing. You know, we had to go real deep on this one relationship for over a hundred pages. Well, once we get around to part three, that will be covering uh, the section called changes in life and career. And that is a blissfully short 64 pages. A little (laughs) less work.
1: (laughs) Uh, Putting in work. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Another day at the office. Why do you keep hitting yourself in the head with a hammer? Cuz it feels so good when I stop, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and like I said before, I'm using a physical copy of this book for this uh series, so this is the book here, this is the highlighter. It's physical work. It's not just <laughs> computer typing. It's yeah, pain painstakingly highlighting mm-hmm. the juiciest emails. <laughs> Juiciest
1: emails. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out
2: out,
1: uh, another um, book club fan favorite, Tyler Granger, for his (laughs) debut in the Des Moines Register. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I wasn't sure.
0: Yeah, maybe this is a good place to put that. (laughs) That's all I was going to (laughs) say. I mean, I just wanted to congratulate him. That's all. Yeah, ma'am. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, a new... A new venue for your false accusations. Uh, <laughs> good developments for you, Tyler. <laughs> well, Evan, Stella, thank you so much for uh, listening to me talk about this book. I hope that you got some enjoyment out of that and you were able to follow the
1: little chunks of narrative I gave you. For sure. Thank you.
2: Yeah, thanks, Tessa.
1: <laughs> thank you for this Heaping pile of nonsense.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yum, yum. More slap.
3: Yes. <laughs>